Buenos dias y bienvenidos. Good morning and welcome once again to Tiempo. I'm Joe Torres. On today's show, hundreds of bodega owners across the city are now armed with guns. That's right. The bodega owners say violent thefts continue to plague their businesses and they need to protect themselves, their employees and their customers. The United Bodegas of America organized the push to get more of the business owners to get concealed carry licenses. The organization also provides the grocers with gun training. We'll talk to them coming up in just a few minutes. Right now, though, we are going to continue our focus on the migrant crisis in New York City. The latest numbers published by the city on January 7th shows there are more than 69,000 asylum seekers in the city's shelter system, more than 160 68,500 migrants have come through the city's intake system. That is since the spring of 2023. Governor Kathy Hochul was in Albany recently pleading for more money to cover state-funded services, and she will allocate that money, we've learned. The city started a curfew, by the way, to nearly 2,000 migrants. That's at four city centers. Many migrant families and single men have received eviction notices. Joining us this morning on the show, our good friend here, immigration attorney Renata Castro. She is also the founder of USA for All immigration law firm. So good to have you back on the show, Renata. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. New York Governor Kathy Hochul, yes, she allocated more than $2 billion to New York City for the asylum seeker crisis. Renata, I'm going to make you the mayor of New York City now for a few minutes. If you got that money, how would you spend it and where? I would hire a workforce of immigration attorneys to expedite the issuance of employment authorization cards for these migrants. Um, I know we talk a lot about their placement in shelters and how this has created great chaos for the city of New York. However, the overwhelming number of migrants going to shelters what they really want is the opportunity to work. In fact, there was just a, a story that was published by the New York Times a couple of days ago discussing the plight of a family that stood in the 20 degree cold mm -hmm. in the hopes of getting an ID card from issued by the city of New York. And why? Because they thought that that would be useful for them to work. These migrants want to work. New York City businesses need them working. So why not intervene directly with the federal government, not only for financial aid, but for something that will resolve this problem once and for all, which is to give these people the right to work. It's often the first thing that you hear, Renata, when we go out to talk to them, they'll say, yo quiero, yo quiero trabajo. You know, they want to work. So I understand where you're coming from. You mentioned shelters and the city has used Floyd Bennett Field now. You think that is a viable long-term shelter solution for incoming and newly arrived migrants? And if so, why or why not? It's tough to say what will be a suitable solution, as we don't know, as the presidential race heats up, how many more migrants will be, you know, surprisingly bust to the city of New York, because that's what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. We're sitting, we're seeing New York be the recipient of political moves as the presidential race becomes more and more defined. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a decrease in the number of migrants coming to New York now that Ron DeSantis dropped out of the race. He has no reason to be bigger on a national platform now that he's no longer running for president. And 
I don't think Trump will be making any funds available to bus people around the country. So I would be surprised if this didn't make a dent in the number of migrants coming to New York, which will then allow the city officials to have a real idea of whether or not there is a migrant crisis or if the migrant crisis is just politically induced for more airtime for candidates. I think the cold weather, Renata, has already started to lower the number of migrants coming to, to New York City or even crossing the border because they're coming from Central and South America. And you've seen what the weather is like here and in other cities across the country. Frio, bastante frio. Let me ask you this. 30-day eviction notices for single men here in New York City. 60-day eviction notices for migrant families. These are the ones in city shelters. Lots of heated discussion here in the five boroughs about that policy. Some call it inhumane. The mayor says and argues that it's absolutely necessary in order to keep accommodating the arriving uh, migrants. Where do you fall? I believe that the only way we're going to have a continuous flow of migrants into society that doesn't involve extended stays into shelters is by issuing them employment authorization documents. If you evict a single man after 30 days without the ability or the right to work, what is he going to do? He's going to be panhandling the streets of the city. Is it more desirable? I don't think so. So once again, just doing actions or engaging in policy that's more designed to create political discussion or public discussion and not to solve the issue is what keeps us stuck in this cycle of never ending discussions about immigration policy and never really resolving the problem. When will Congress and Senate who hold exclusive power to pass any kind of meaningful immigration reform do something that quite frankly is part of their job description. We're gonna to get to the issues going on in Washington regarding this crisis. We'll talk about that when we come back. Stay with us more on the migrant crisis here in New York City. And still ahead on Tiempo, how about this? Bodega owners across the city are now armed with guns. The bodega owners say violent thefts plague their businesses. They need to take some action to protect themselves and their employers as well as their customers. What do you all think about that? Hablamos. Welcome back to Tiempo. This morning, we again focus on the migrant crisis in New York City. Governor Kathy Hochul recently allocated more than $2 billion for New York City, money desperately needed for Mayor Eric Adams to address the constant flow of asylum seekers pouring into the five boroughs. Joining us this morning, immigration attorney Renata Castro. She's also the founder of the USA for All Immigration Law Firm. Once again, Renata, thank you for joining us. I wanted to ask you about the curfew Renata, that's in place at some of the migrant centers, 11 p.m. to 6 a.m. curfew. Uh, that's a curfew, by the way, that's similar to those that are in place at city-run shelters. Uh, there are exceptions if you are a migrant worker who has a job in the overnight hours. But in your opinion, is this a reasonable restriction? If these are Latino migrants, they're used to Latino mom strictness. Yes. Um, but... I guess the real question is not whether or not the curfew is appropriate. I think I can only imagine the challenges of managing shelters with the coming and going of individuals for the safety of those there. I guess the question is if someone has an exception to following the curfew because they have a job, yes. shouldn't that person be worked out of the shelter 
um, system to make way for somebody else. I understand it's New York City, housing is expensive, but there have to be options so that instead of just creating exceptions to the curfew, we're really creating a more long-term solution, like for example, incentivizing employers in the city of New York to hiring people who are in the shelters, helping them move out and making sure that there is that shelter is a pass through and not a permanent solution. Incentivize in que manera? Well, tax incentives, mm -hmm. financial incentives, even if so, making sure that you give incentive to the local employers who are struggling to hire people, have the financial incentive to hire people on the books. And now it becomes a story of the chicken or the egg. Mm -hmm. They want to hire people on the books, but they don't have employment authorization. How do they do that? So once again, the best use of time and resources by the New York City government is to put pressure on Congress and Senate to expedite the issuance of employment authorization documents, just like the government in Massachusetts recently did maybe three or four months ago. And within 45 to 60 days, migrants there in a similar situation were receiving employment authorization documents, which shows that it can be done. Renata, you mentioned Congress. Let's take you to Washington. We've got about a minute left. I keep hearing that lawmakers there are pretty close to hammering out a border policy deal. What would you like to see in that deal? Without question, immigration reform, one which allows the United States to capitalize on all the talent and the workforce that wants to work in the United States. Certainly a more stern penalty for American employers who take advantage of undocumented migrants and go unscathed as they simply are never the target of any investigation. And a thorough reform to the way asylum is applied in this country. Why not have people apply for asylum from abroad so that instead of going through this horrible process of going through the border, being detained, living in shelters, they can come here legally and start working from day one. Mm -hmm. I think that this would be these would be some of the elements of meaningful and smart immigration reform. Renata, we appreciate the insight as always. Un placer. Thanks for joining us once again on Tiempo. Thank you. Many bodega owners across the city are now armed with guns. They say violent thefts continue to plague their businesses. They want protection for themselves and their employees and their customers. We'll talk to the head of the United Bodegas of America next. Hundreds of bodega owners across the five boroughs are now armed with guns. The bodega owners say violent thefts continue to plague their businesses and they need to protect themselves, to protect their employees, and to protect their customers. The United Bodegas of America organized the push to get more of the business owners to get concealed carry licenses. The organization also provides the grocers with gun training. Joining us this morning, our good friend Fernando Mateo and Radames Rodriguez. He's the president of the United Bodegas of America. Feliz Año Nuevo, man. Good to see you, my friend. Happy New Year. Let me ask you this. So far, what? You've got more than 200 store owners who've applied for, for gun licenses. The, uh, numbers, the numbers keep rising. Okay. They, we have right now probably two, 250 or more, mm -hmm. but the numbers keep rising. It's one thing to have the license. It's another thing to have the handgun. Have you seen... <laughs> Are, are they going both steps? Once once they get the license, they definitely go and, and buy the gun mm -hmm. and get it registered. Yes. Uh, but they're also properly trained. 
you know, they're trained by institutions that are specialized as only in training of gun use by to, the NRA. It has to be that way. Absolutely, 100%. Because this is a huge responsibility. The responsibility is huge because you could wind up in jail and you could wind up in jail for life mm -hmm. if you take someone's life away for because you have a gun and you think you could use it. Mm -hmm. It's a huge responsibility and it comes with a lot of um, care, it comes with a lot of training yep. and, uh, and, and managing. Yep. Not something to take lightly. Rodames, you're the president of the association, you're also a bodega owner, you also got your license, right? That's and right. you also got a gun. That's right, yes, I have a gun because all the thing happened, so I say, listen, I gotta go and do my mm -hmm. uh, research and that's why I take my training to have my what's, what's the feeling that you have knowing that that's now by your side God forbid something happens in the bodega. It's a very uh, tricky because you having a gun, it's not like it's gonna make me a Superman. Mm -hmm. So I think now I have more responsibility, mm -hmm. more careful how I'm gonna talk with people, how I'm gonna be in, in traction, uh, just in case anything happened in my store or anything happened in the street, whatever I am. Mm -hmm. if in New York State, it's quite challenging, right, to obtain a permit. It's it's not all that easy. Uh, what what's the process? What are the what are the hurdles to overcome? In New York City, it's almost impossible mm -hmm. to get a carry permit. Uh, you need to be a model citizen. You have to have a very good reason why you why you can carry. You have to your life has to be in danger mm -hmm. uh, frequently in order for you to be approved. And you know we have a city that. It's a very complicated city. It's a complicated system mm -hmm. because most of the time the victim is the guy that gets arrested. The victim is the guy that pays for the consequences right. of defending himself. Mm -hmm. So we always tell bodega owners, be very careful when, you know, pulling your gun out. Your life has to be in danger, imminent danger. Mm -hmm. uh, not, you don't pull it out because someone's looting, someone's running, someone stole something. No, mm -hmm. you, you only do it when your life is in danger. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge responsibility. How often do you do training? Do you go to the range to practice? Uh, you know, I don't know what's yeah, involved. Yes, even I have my, my license already. I'm going uh, every other day to have training mm -hmm. because I, I need to be very prepared and not using my gun, mm -hmm. and not in the right time. Yes. If you're gonna use it, have to be in the right time. I know you're in contact with the NYPD regularly. Absolutely. They okay with and this? And we're very proud that, that we have a uh, caban, a Puerto Rican Understood. as a commissioner. Understood. Uh, yes, of course I'm in touch with PD. But, but did, they, did they stamp off they, and sign listen, off on this? Listen, not everyone is happy no. with us being I armed. I can't imagine they would uh, be. No, no, but on the other hand, you're not, we're not the ones you need to fear. Gun owners are not the ones that are out there committing crimes. They're the ones that can save a situation mm -hmm. when it's going on. So, you know, people speak about more guns, more shootings. No, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. If the right people have the guns, then, you know, there's a lot less shootings. Do you think some, it's hard to prognosticate what hasn't happened, but do you think this has already had an effect in the number of robberies, attacks within a bodega. Well, it's a secret society. You know, we yeah. keep it very secretive amongst bodega owners because we don't want criminals to know what bodega owner has a gun and what bodega owner doesn't. Right. If you know that I have firepower, you're going to think twice about coming in and robbing me, mm -hmm. assaulting me, or killing me. Yes. See, so it's right now we are protecting the industry. Mm -hmm. It's not an option anymore. It's a necessity. So if I hear you correctly, the messaging 
is just as important as actually having the gun. It's more important because we don't really want to use our guns. Mm -mm. We want to let them know, hey, if you're going to come in and take my life, you could lose yours. Mm -hmm. Right now, most criminals know that we aren't armed. So they do whatever they want right. with us. They they beat us up. They stab us. They, you know, it's and the law does not protect us. Mm -hmm. You know, a bodeguero pepper sprayed a guy that was harassing him and, and assaulting him all the time. Guess who went to jail? The bodega, the bodega the owner. Yes. Because he used pepper spray. Sit tight. We'll talk about if there's any early indications already that this approach has cut down on the number of robberies. Sit tight. When we come back on Tiempo, more on New York City bodegueros. They now have guns to arm themselves, protect themselves. They're becoming legal gun owners when we come back. Welcome back to Tiempo. Hundreds of bodega owners across the city are now armed with guns. The bodega owners say violent thefts continue to plague their businesses and they need to protect themselves and their employees and their customers. The United Bodegas of America is behind the push to get more bodega owners to get concealed carry licenses. The organization also provides, and this is critical, training gun training. Joining us this morning, educating us on how it works, Fernando Mateo and Radames Rodriguez from the United Bodegas of America. Are there any early indications that, that this move will effectively cut down on the number of robberies? Are you at the point where you can look at 2022, 23, 24 and say, we were here, now we're here? We, we rely on NYPD to give us those stats because they do it on a citywide, on the citywide level. Okay. So we will know, we will ask come June or July of this year, mm -hmm. how are we looking compared to last year? You wanna give, go ahead. We believe that uh, if after they know that uh, who, that are we doing this and that uh, they don't know who had it, mm -hmm. I think they're gonna think twice to go to the store and mm -hmm. have any. I would think it's, word of mouth on the street is pretty, pretty quick. If I know or somebody knows that you, Radames, mm -hmm. you have a bodega on the corner and you, by the way, have your permit and you have your license and you have your weapon, that it doesn't take long before the whole community knows. Yes? You know, you, I want to make it very clear here. You, you, you speak about bodega owners defending themselves and their family and their employees. We defend the community as well. You know how many people have ran into bodegas and have gotten killed? Countless. Where, where the bodega clerk has to hide under, behind the counter mm -hmm. so that he doesn't get killed? You know, if we had the opportunity to save a life, we want to save a life. If we have the opportunity to be part of a bigger movement mm -hmm. in New York City, we want to be part of a bigger movement. But, but, but isn't it <clears throat> regrettable that that's the scenario? That, because because when he broke started his business, he didn't go into it with the mindset of being, you know, I want to be the sanctuary for the community. The, he wants to sell products. He wants to make a business. Joe, there's one person in particular that we blame for this situation, <laughs> and his name is Bill de Blasio. What did he do eight, or not do? Eight years of... of victimizing victims, eight years of protecting criminals, eight years of bail reform that, you know, com continued recidivism, you know, recidivists committing crimes. Yes. You know, it was a cycle. He destroyed New York City. Mayor Adams, I must tell you, is doing his very best and is supporting us mm -hmm. in whichever way he can. But he took over a city that was devastated by Bill de Blasio. Do you think it's because he's a former police officer and he knows how it is out on the street? He has common sense. You know, he has more common sense than you can think. I call him the Republican mayor. 
Not the Democratic. Why so? Why? Because he has common sense. You know, he believes in right and wrong. He understands that people need to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. He understands that victims need to be protected, not criminals. But, you know, every every the 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 the. The I'm my, uh, to, yeah. uh, 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 let me stop you there. There's a lot of Democrats <laughs> with common sense out there. I, I didn't say they understood. don't. <laughs> un, un, understood. I'm just I'm just making sure we're aware of that. But this step with 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 the with the gun ownership is the next step in what I've seen to be a long line of protective measures that bodega owners have taken. Cameras, the plexiglass, and now to the point where, right, you're locking up some of your items in your inventory to prevent people from simply grabbing a, a canister of Tide and walking out. Is, We've been through all that, and I think that this is the last step that we gotta take. At that point, you're vulnerable again. We're losing time every time that we have to go over there, and sometimes the people go, and they don't, that's why this, the store exists, mm -hmm. because they don't wanna go in the supermarket and make it a whole, a big line. Most communities support what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We are in very poor communities in the Bronx, Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, all over all the city. Over. And our communities are supporting what we're doing. And that's the most important thing. What we're asking our community is, you know, let your, your elected official know mm -hmm. to do the right thing, you know, to have common sense. And as you said, most politicians have common sense, but a few of them don't. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones that we need to convince that what we're doing is the right thing. Thank you for coming by. Good to see you again, my friend. Thank, Thank you, Thank you, you so much. much. Guns and bodega owners, certainly a talker for sure. Finalmente Tiempo is now a podcast. That's right. You're on the train. You're in the car. You're on the bus. You can listen to this show and all future episodes on the go. Search Tiempo with Joe Torres wherever you get your podcasts or simply scan the QR code that you see right there on the screen. Muchisimas gracias. Thanks once again for spending part of your Sunday with us. I'm Joe Torres. We'll see you next time for another edition of Tiempo. Tiempo.